Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey here with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. At the end of every show, we ask for some show ideas, and today's show is one that was requested. It was asked that we do a show about hope. This request came from the rebellion, because you know, every rebellion is built on hope. That's right. Well, you, you can't go wrong with Star Wars... Uh... Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess a specific question that was posed to us is, what is it about some of us that no matter how dark their lives get, they never lose hope, and others stay in that place of hopeless, hopelessness their whole lives? You know, I actually had to pause for a second when the show topic was requested, because the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, well, that should be easy. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> we've, we've spent three weeks talking about this topic, you know, but what I really started to think, you know, I couldn't find one strand that linked everyone. You know, hope is timeless and it has no borders. So the strand of similarity throughout humanity should be pretty easy because those timeless strands are usually the most simplistic. But not this one, especially since most would agree that having hope is very important to living a life on purpose. I think you're going to find out by the end of the show, we're going to leave you with more questions than we have answers. Well, I I think it's a real struggle for everyone. I think especially with all the negativity that we face 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wonder if the issue isn't living with with a focus on hope, but the problem really is living in a state of hopelessness. I think that's so true. You know, I looked up the actual definition of hope, and the most common was that hope is an anticipation of something good to come in the future. I think hope is kind of like love and peace. Right? We all have intuitively know what it means, but it can have different meaning for different people. So for the purpose of the show, the definition wasn't very helpful, you know, because it was really kind of a given. Well, I think people can completely understand that in their own lives, but it doesn't always answer why some of us have it and others don't. I think the issue with hope is not necessarily understanding what it is by definition, but understanding where it comes from and how to stay in that place. It's one of those things that when our life is happy and positive, takes very little effort. Our happiness just naturally propels us to our dreams and our future without much thought on hope. And it, you know, it doesn't take up much of our thought process. But when life is hard, it's a huge part of our being. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about in other shows about, you know, one's core belief, what we really believe for ourselves, you know, those things that we're willing to fight for and many of us would die for. You know, I would argue that hope, it comes from that place in you. And it's a choice to dig for and a choice to stay focused on. You know, but it's interesting to think that it doesn't have different levels to the concept, different levels of emotional attachment. You know, for example, you know, I like her, I love her, I'm in love with her. Or, you know, she's okay, I don't like her, I hate her. But both have extreme polar opposites, but we use hope with the same, as the same word in these emotional differences. You know, another context is... I hope you have a good day. You know, this can be a standard phrase that really means no more than a pleasantry, right? Yeah. Um, But it can have a huge scale intent for someone we love when we say, you know, I hope this cancer treatment is successful. You know, it can have little meaning or it can be life changing. So do you think we come into this world with hope or do we learn it? I think that's a good question. You know, is it intrinsic, meaning, you know, naturally part of our human nature Or do we learn it by watching others model hope in times of trouble, you know, or is it a bit of both? Do we have some spark within our human nature and it takes nurturing to actually stand our ground to believe? 
You know, some people will stand in that hopelessness and never see the light at the end of the tunnel. And some people will fight to their last breath with hope. You know, some give in, some never give up. Oh, I think it is modeled. When I asked a couple of people this question, I got the answer that their hope came from their belief in God. You know, yeah, I can understand that. But there is a difference between hope and faith. Uh, faith from a religious definition basically is just a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion. From a religious perspective, though, I think that people use the terms faith and hope interchangeably. But I'm sure that the individuals kind of that you're referring to came from the context of Christianity. Mm-hmm. But since Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all were originated from the Old Testament, <clears throat> their beliefs are very similar even though obviously their implementation of faith can be drastically different. But I think someone's faith in God does provide them an avenue to hope. You know, in fact, the King James Version of the Bible references hope 55 times, and all but, I believe, three of those are in the Old Testament. And an example, Psalms 33:18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. You know, those that believe that the scripture was inspired by God, they believe the statement, and they see that all things on all circumstances with hope and faith in an unchanging God and a Bible that is, is the word of God. And this is great for the millions and millions of people who do believe in God. I think it's a, it gives them peace, a sense of belief, and a promised future. But I also know many people who believe in God and stay in a place of hopelessness. So I don't think that simply believing in God provides hope. But for many in their faith, it is a core value and a belief in God that does give them hope. But you don't have to believe in God to have hope. Do you think people's socioeconomic status has a positive influence and reassurances have more hope than those that don't? Well, I think stereotypically it's quite the opposite. I think that those that have the least have the most hope. And those that have the most can be the most hopeless, especially here in Western culture. You know, in the United States, 121 people commit suicide every day. And for every suicide committed, there's 25 attempted suicides that that are reported. So that number, I'm sure, is way higher. You know, and currently, right now, there's over a billion people going hungry throughout the world. And more than 30 million people, they're living in slavery right now. You know, there's a lot of reasons in the world to be hopeless. But I think as long as we're breathing, we have an opportunity to model reasons to be hopeful. You know, giving a smile to a stranger just might be enough to get them through the day. That simple feeling of a connection to one person in that moment. You know, many people think, you know, it's all about money, right? Especially in all culture, it's all about money. You know, money can't buy hope. You know, money is an opportunity to band-aid a problem, not fix most problems. You know, if money was the answer, you know, goodness, Bill Gates would have written a check a long time ago. Oh, and he did. I think like $25 billion or something. (laughs) Well, look at J.K. Rowling, right? The first person in history to lose her billionaire status because of philanthropy. You know, it's not about money. You know, love, compassion, and gratitude are the means to foster hope. You know, I remember, I remember reading a story um, of Mother Teresa, I guess uh, Saint Teresa now, and she was, she had flown into Rome and was going to the Vatican. They picked her up in a limousine, and she was in the back of this limousine, looking out the window, and in the, you know, the greatest city in the world, and she sees homeless people. Right, and she right. saw beggars on the street, and not only in Rome, but in Vatican, the Vatican City as well. And she gave a speech when she got to the Vatican, and she was very upset about this, which was very similar to one that she gave here in the U.S. in the '90s. And she talked about that poverty of hunger and sickness was something that she could help. 
you know, providing them with food and love and acceptance, you know, gave people a sense of hope and a belief in a tomorrow. But seeing poverty of being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for was the greatest poverty. And here in the 90s, she later explained that there are three types of poverty, material, spiritual, and moral. And she said that in the United States, we may not suffer from as much material poverty as, say, India, and, but rather the spiritual and moral poverty. You know, she gave examples of lonely elderly people in nursing homes and young people that are, you know, addicted to drugs. She said we had a terrible lack of love towards each other here in the U.S. and that that was far worse than hunger. And I, I don't think that that's changed since the 90s. If anything, I think in a world we live in currently, I think it's worse. Oh, I think in our current political climate, this poverty of, of the spirit and the lack of love toward each other is being fed. And we see more and more people struggling with this negativity and spreading it through their own disappointments. Yeah, so true. Um, I guess I think you and I are kind of as guilty of that as, as a lot of people. But, you know, re, you know, regardless of which side you're on, right? And how unfortunate it is that we've kind of been driven to take sides. Oh, sure. It's definitely all about perspective. Well, and don't you think that that's strange, especially in our current political climate, that we attack the poor and not poverty? Well, I think it's disappointing, right? I don't think it's what we're founded on, but I, I you know, I, I hope that we can stick to those beliefs of what we're founded on, you know, but, you know, maybe those things are changing. Well, I, I think... I don't know. Well, I, I hope not, but maybe, <laughs> that maybe they are. So what do you think are some of the barriers that we're having towards hope? Oh, I think there's, I think there's a lot of them, but I think one, one of the big ones is jealousy. I think wanting what other people have and not being grateful for what you have. I think that really keeps people from being hopeful is is focusing on being jealous of what somebody else has. But isn't that always the case? I think that I think we grow up with that. You want that house, that boat, that whatever. Well, desire to have something for yourself that you think is attainable is different than jealousy of what wanting what someone else has. Right, because you go to somebody's house and it's like, why are they so special? Why? What happened to them? Well, I guess it would have been nice if I had parents that did this. You know, I, th- I think it definitely is one of those barriers, though, that when, when you focus on what you don't have and you focus on what somebody else has rather than what's available to you. And and, and granted, I think we all get caught oh, in that sometimes. But, I get, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think jealousy really is a barrier to us being hopeful for our own life and what the possibilities that we have for our own, own life. Um, I think assumptions are another one. So I think assumptions are a big one and, instead of asking questions. So whether it be, you know, an email, a text message, an observation or, or something that you see or somebody tells you something and you, you start putting, filling in the blanks um, with your assumptions mm. and believing, you know, what may or may not be true instead of asking those questions. And I, and I think some personalities are, are easier, more susceptible to this than others that, some people aren't as, as open to going up and saying, hey, do you, is that what you really meant? Or what did you mean by this? Or, or what have you? I think people just start making assumptions. I'm, I'm one of those people. I will admit that. I, I, I let it percolate and bubble. And, <laughs> and I, I really yeah. do try to work on that. Right. I think, it, I think it's a tough place because uh, you, can, you can create this whole alternate reality that is not based on, on any, oh, sure. anything that's true because... And just asking a simple question a lot of times, you know, or, you know, again, what, what did you mean by that? Or I, you know, that hurt my feelings. Did you, is that what you meant for it to be? And then people are like, oh no, 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 I had, that is not what I meant at all. 
But we create this whole story around it. Oh, sure. We got this whole narrative going on (laughs) because, and I don't know, you've probably been in that situation. I know I have, where I finally built up the courage to go and ask somebody about it. No idea what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) I've certainly had people do that to me um, uh, a lot of, they, they, they come, you know, a week later, a month later, whatever. And they're like, well, you know, you sent this out, especially, you know, at work and you sent this out, whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea. No idea I have no idea about. what you're talking about. And, and they've, they've created this whole scenario around it. And like, oh no, no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I think that's a dangerous assumptions are dangerous. You know, ask the questions, ask yeah. the questions at the time. And, you know, maybe maybe that is what they mean. At least now you know. Right. Right? At least now you know. And then you can go home and really... <laughs> and then you can go... Then you have a reason to be mad about That's it. That's right. right? <laughs> okay. Well, do you think some people get stuck in hopelessness because of other people? Oh, sure. I think that we get hopeless when we, when we tie our hope, definitely, to someone else. And then we lose that person uh, and we get stuck in that place of hopelessness. You know, whether that be a breakup or a death. Um, you know, or we surround ourselves with people that everything is on their terms, right? Those, those emotional vampires that, you know, we, we all have some of those in our life that we're oh, aware sure. of. And, um, when everything is about them or, or again, when we tie it to, to someone else and, and, you know, I mean, you can do that codependently. You can do that in a lot of different ways, but especially with the death, you know, when, once that, you can't fix it. That's right. Once it's they're final. not breathing anymore, and uh, and the, I think that that's uh, that's really a tough place to be. Oh, I do too, and especially even when people talk about that with the breakup, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know, I didn't get a chance to. Doesn't matter. Right. Right. What's done is done. Exactly. Um, you know. You know. If you have unresolved business, hopefully you have a chance at some point to to clean that up. But but again. If it believes you in a sense of hopelessness, you can't, you can't tie your hope to somebody else. Right. And I I don't know how you feel about this, but sometimes I think generational, like our parents, you, do you think that that could put us in a oh, place I, of hopelessness? Oh, definitely. I think that my situation at the working in a maximum security prison for, uh, for such a long time, I think that really changed my worldview on, on this topic because there are... You know, currently throughout the country, there's grandmothers, mothers, and granddaughters all housed together in, in prisons across the country. That is not an uncommon phenomenon. Uh, and you're going to find grandpa, dad, and um, brother, you know, incarcerated too. And hmm. I, I didn't understand this concept until I was really faced with it that generationally we can have just worldviews of hopelessness right? That you're a victim, your life circumstances are unfair. And we, we bring children to this world and we raise them in that paradigm and they don't see any different and they don't, they don't have another example and they follow in their parents' footsteps of constantly being hopeless and constantly feeling like they're not enough and not valued and that their ripple doesn't make any difference in the world at all. So they can hurt you. They can take from you. Uh, they can do whatever they want to because they don't matter, you don't matter, and that some people do not have an advantage. Some people are taught this uh, from the day that they're born. They don't see anything modeled in or, in a, any differently right. for them. You know, their parents are shooting them up with heroin at their table, kitchen table at nine years old. That's a reality. 
that that exists in this world, in our country right now. People can turn away from it and say that it doesn't, but it happens. And it is, it is not so much as unusual as people think it is. Well, do you think that hopelessness can wrap itself up into people saying, well, I'm going to get it from you before you take it from me? Oh, my, certainly. Oh, certainly. I mean, we all know those people, too, sure, right? Yeah. We all know those people that uh, are, are certain that you're going to hurt them or you're going to do something to them, so they're, they're going to do it to you first. And you know that, that comes from a place of pain. It comes from, I think, a place of being broken. And I think we break kids' spirits. Um, Would that, you think that, that because it comes from a place of judgment and no compassion... Right, exactly, exactly. Well said. That, I think that is true. I think we have to come from a place of compassion rather than judgment. We have to come from a place of love rather than fear. And, you know, we we live in, in a time that I think people believe that that love is, is has a limit, right? You know, right. I mean, and but it's not. The fact that love is, is, it has a limit is an illusion, right? The heart has an unlimited ability to love and to have compassion if we, if we make those choices. It's our mind, our judgments, our beliefs in people that limit us, that, that we create a separation from other people. You know, we're going to do a whole show that is on the whole illusion of separation, right? That it is an illusion. But, you know, children naturally play with each other, right? right. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what... You know, if you have a disability, kids don't care. No. They don't see those differences. We learn those differences as we grow older. And we then figure out how to nurture that somehow. And, and we create a, a feeling of separation, which is not true. I agree with you. And you had this really interesting thing that you brought up the other day about crabs. Crab. Oh, the crabs in a bucket? Yeah, um, I thought this was interesting. <laughs> you want me to tell the story? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's metaphor, I guess. And... Um, you know, crab, you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and the crabs will attempt to get out of the bucket, right? And if a crab makes it to the top of the bucket, one thing that happens is the rest of the crabs in the bucket will pull that crab back in and, and it just happens. And so even if they're almost out of the bucket, they will pull them back in. And I think that's a really good uh, lesson for life because that happens all the time. All the really. time. I mean, how many people... Have we pulled back in the bucket? And how many people have pulled us back in the bucket, right? And for the, some of some with the greatest intention, right? right? They they don't want us to fall over the edge and fall on our head and hurt ourselves. So they don't want us to get out of the board. Some people they can't live in the bucket without us, so they keep us and they pull sure us they back do. in the bucket. And I think it's again, like I say, I think it's based on their limitations of their ideas, their life, whatever that may be. But I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. They they want to keep you in that bucket. Right. And the thing is, we have, you know, we've all been in that place, right? Sure. That we wanted to keep that person in the bucket. Yes. And, uh, and we've probably done things to keep that person in the bucket. I know that, you know, I know that I have. I, and oh, sure. You, you, they, they'll shine out of the bucket. And at some point you have to, you know, love them enough to help them out of the bucket rather than keep them in just because it's what you want. So how do we stay in a place of being hopeful? Well, you know, I think that's that's a tough question too, right? And I, I think in the failure show, one of the I think one of my favorite things that you've said in all of our shows so far the, was that determination is failure's worst enemy. And I thought a lot about that. So I was actually thinking of what is hopelessness's worst enemy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's gratitude. 
I really do. I think that gratitude is an amazing phenomenon, right? Being grateful for something in the past, it just naturally gives you a positive belief for the future while providing you a sense of peace in the present. Hmm. So I, I don't think that gratitude and hopelessness can share the same space. It may be the same time frame, but I don't think that they can they can share the t- same space. Um, that you have to be one or the other. So focus is focusing on staying in the present moment, right? Okay. Being mindful. We've talked. Uh, we've had two shows so far, just mindfulness, right? And focusing on what you do have, not focusing on what you don't have, or we said jealousy on what somebody else has. You know, for me, when I get in those dark, hopeless places, you know, when life just changes in a second from good to bad or, you know, here to gone. You know, when you're certain that that light at the end of the tunnel is a train, um, you know, if your life can be altered in a second and changed forever to feel hopeless, then I believe it can equally change in a second for something amazing to happen. You know, that's why I try to stay, right? Is waiting for that moment to pass, that unforeseen, unexpected good to happen in the next moment. Well, and I think hope is one area that if we have a spiritual practice that can give us comfort, one's belief in God, let's just say, believing in prayer and meditation, believing that God has a plan for you, spiritual believing that what we put out in this world will come back to you, right? Right. Giving what you need. Um, you know, that's, that's, you hear me say that all the time. You, you hear me say that all the time, right? <laughs> you give what you need and you trust that it's going to come back to you. You may not get what you want. But you always get what you need. So if, if you feel that no one in the world loves you and, and we all get in that place, right, mm-hmm. those moments, then you need to show love to other people. If you think you don't point. have enough money, then you need to write a check to, to an organization, something that spiritually blesses you. Whatever it is that you think you are lacking is what you need to give. And the universe will automatically give that back to you. Well, and I think it, like it goes back to gratitude. If you feel like you don't have enough money, go volunteer at the Humane Society. Exactly. And you'll see that struggle. Or volunteer at a soup kitchen. I bet you'll have a lot of gratitude then. Right, exactly. You know, um, one of my favorite things that I do, um, well, we do, right, is we go to Disney. Right. Right. And um, happiest place in the world. Um, I'm always happy when I go there, except this one particular day that, uh, I, without going through the whole story, I was having a really bad day and separated from my friends because my phone, uh, died and I was at Epcot. And I remember that I thought to myself consciously, you know, shame on you for being, you are the happiest place in the world and you are, you know, acting like an idiot, right? (laughs) So I committed to take an hour of my day and all I was going to do for anybody who's ever been to Disney World, if you or if you have not, you get buttons for everything, right? Happy birthday buttons, happy anniversary buttons, all these buttons to celebrate things. I spent an hour at Epcot just walking around telling people happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy celebration, or are you having a first time on your first trip? You know, whatever their button said, I talked to anybody. And I then realized after two hours of doing this around Epcot that I felt so much better. And I then spent the rest of the day at Epcot by myself because I couldn't get a hold of my friends because I didn't have a phone. And I loved my day. It was one of the best days that I have ever spent at Disney. And I spent it by myself. But it really, I really take it back. But you really didn't spend it by yourself, though. Oh, no, that's a really good point. No, I didn't. I spent it with 
a thousand other people that I really made a conscious effort to give what I need. And I, and I made it, it was conscious. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was specific that this is what I'm going to do. And, and I did it. And I encourage people to do that because it really works. If you give what you need, you will always have what you need. Always. It's a, it's a universal truth. We all have things that we can be grateful for. Absolutely. I mean, if somebody is listening to this, they either have a phone, an iPad, they have some Wi-Fi going on (laughs) that they're listening to this. So we all have things that we can be grateful for. But sometimes, you know, when life is tough, it's just really hard to see those things. And we, you have to intentionally focus on being grateful. Yes. And, And I really think that that keeps people in a place of being hopeful because you can see what has manifested for you already that you're grateful for, and you can have a belief in what is not yet seen that's going to manifest for you in the future. It, it gives you hope, right? When you believe that something is going to come back to you and you believe that it's not yet manifested, but you know, that's hope, right? That's Good hope. Point. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we stay in this place. Like, for instance, someone's opinion doesn't have to be our reality. But a lot of times we make it that way, right? Sure. I think, again, I think that's one thing. Some personalities do that a lot easier than others. But definitely, we, we let other people dictate how we show up in the world. And that's that's unfortunate. And I think those are conscious things that we have to make a decision that we're not going to do that. Right. And you had a good example of this. It's not always a long-term effect. This could be somebody screaming at you out, out of their car window. Right, exactly. We let somebody screaming at you out of the car window, and then we take that on, and let, we let, we ruin the rest of our day. Right, we go to work. <laughs> right? or... I mean, you know, or that that boss that everybody has had one or more of those that that is just a jerk. Right, he's mm-hmm. a jerk to everybody. He's a, he's a jerk every day. Or that coworker that's a jerk every day, and then we go in and we let them ruin our day because they do what they do every day. God, we could go on about this all day. We could have a whole show about this. Maybe we should. <laughs> but that, you know, we do let people dictate how we show up in the world their disappointments then can become our disappointments and been guilty of it many times yeah their failures then become our failures or or even better how about their perceived failures of our stuff then we take on and and then we we let that dictate how we show up in the world and right i'm just not gonna let do that i don't let people do that to me right i mean sometimes maybe i get caught up in that but for the most part we all do right for the most part don't let people dictate how you show up in the world, regardless of what, especially people that you know that that's what they do. Those people that just hook you, you know, and they know they're hooking and you. they know, Oh, they're masters at it. Right. You know, master manipulators, right? There are people who can map, you know, there, there are people that, that know me well enough that they, they know how to hook me. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I do, I can be resistant to it. And, and you know, they're better at it than I am. And, and I know that, and you just got to get through that and not beat yourself up about it. But, yeah, you can't let somebody else's opinion of you dictate your reality. It's just, it's that, that's just not going to work. Right. And understanding that change is most of the time a variable of hope. Certainly. You know, to go from something in the future to something in the present, things have to change, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to embrace that and surrender into it. You know, what surrender to what's, what's going to lead you to a better tomorrow. The whole cycle of life complex right of being alive means that things are constantly changing from the biggest in the universe to the smallest cells in our body we're you know we're different than we were a half an hour ago you know we're always changing we're evolving um we hope that the majority of the time we're getting better and improving making better decisions than we did yesterday 
Um, it's very clear in nature how these things work, but sometimes it's much harder to believe in ourselves and, and see in human nature than it is to see out in, you know, in, in the wild. Right, and we have to believe that our efforts get us what we want. That's why we're hopeful that... Exactly. Yeah, that that belief gives us hope. We have to feel worthy. We have to have a passion that it's what keeps us going, right? Certainly. That's you know, the whole show from last week, right? The whole motivation show and the expectancy <laughs> theory that your effort has to lead to a performance and that performance will lead you to whatever attractive thing that you, that you want. If you don't have... Um, any one of those three things working together, you are not going to be motivated to do something. And I would say you're not going to be helpful for that outcome. You know, if you don't believe that your effort is going to lead to the performance to get it, um, you're not going to be hopeful to ever get it, whatever it is. And, you know, that's what we want, right? We want to be happy. We want to look in the future. We want We want things to, to be better. Um, we want that new car. We want that person. We want whatever. We have to be hopeful that we can actually get it and believe that we can actually get it. And that's what gives us hope, I believe. One, do you think that even with that, it's about starting to pick apart that hopelessness? Sure. I think that whole concept of eating the elephant one bite at a time, right? You can't, you have to tackle things in small stretch targets and small attainable goals. If something is overwhelming, you can't do it all at one time, right? You have to have small attainable goals. And that you know, in the finance show, we're going to talk about that, that you have to do small baby steps. Same is true with life. You know, whatever it is that we're talking about that, that you feel hopeless about, you have to do have small manageable steps to work in that, in that work ahead and work towards whatever it is that's going to get you out of that. You know, the movie Avatar, I love the movie Avatar, right? Because they, that concept of I see you and you need people in your life that are a safe place, right? that are vulnerable, that you can, that help you work through that hopelessness, that can see you through your behavior, can see you through your mistakes, that can love you through them because they see who really you are at your core. Mm-hmm. And so you're not your behavior. You're not your mistake. You're not your hopelessness. And, you know, I'm a person, well, we're both really people that can compartmentalize our emotions. Right. Right, and that's that's not good news for for either one of us because disappointment forces open that door, and, you know, and hope becomes even harder. And you know, I know we're not alone in that, but it I think that's a tough place to be when when you do that. Well, and I think that people tend to find themselves stuck, and then you associate yourself with like-minded people because that's what we do. Right, exactly. And instead getting stuck of, in the hallway. We've talked about that every show, getting stuck in that dark hallway. Right. And then you don't have a way out because they're feeding into that same thing that you're trying to get yourself out of. Right. And I think that we do have a good way of doing that with one another. Yeah, if you got to feel bad, like my mom always said, it's okay to have a small pity party. But... Right. You can give in for a minute. Yeah. You just can't give up. You just can't give up. And you can't, you, sometimes you just have to keep, keep walking. Um, you know, as you said, you just can't, you just can't stay there. That's, that's not the point of living. Well, and I think that we both live in that place, right? We think life should be fun. Oh, and, I definitely think so. I think that we make life fun, right? We, right. We, and, and when one of us is stuck in that hallway, um, we, you know, we point out that that's, that's not the point of living, right? The point right. of living is to live. It's to have fun. It's to it's to have a good time and and it's the thing is is that it's the choices 
and the implementation of our choices that that we make life hard. Right. And I think that that's a good point. And for people that are listening that do think that they live in this place of hopelessness, again, it's about small, obtainable goals. What would be something that would bring a smile to your face? What would be something that would be really cool to do? It doesn't have to be a monumental vacation to Disney. It could be something as simple as going camping. It can be a small thing. Exactly. And and surrounding yourself with people that are not going to let you stay there. Exactly. You know. I would say that would be number one. Right. And I think that, you know, I think we're pretty lucky in that. that yes. we That we have several people, at least I know. I, I live in a place of, of, of huge gratitude for that, of people that will not let me stay there. They'll sit down and have a pity party f- sure. with me for a minute, but you know, if I, they'll they'll tell me I have to walk and cry. Exactly. Right? And they'll tell me and and they'll walk and cry <clears throat> with me. Right. And uh, you know, last several months that's boy, if I needed that. <laughs> and uh, that's the you know, people that have shown up have been have been amazing for me, but you know, you you are far more fun than I am, right? <laughs> I mean, just in general, you you're funny and uh, I'm not necessarily funny i don't think well i i think that life is about having fun in the moment giving a smile just hanging out whatever that is it doesn't matter it's all about that moment right well that's you know we've talked about that over and over again that life is about the moment this moment and and the stage that you've been given and making a difference in the world in this moment and life goes from moment to moment to moment Mm -hmm. and that's all you have to worry about is this moment right? And you know, I love the TV show Once Upon a Time. Right? It's my favorite, like my favorite TV show. So this season, they they had a quote, and you just made me think of that. That they said, "Happily ever after." It's not about how we end things, but how we live them. I think that's, and I think that's so true. I mean, I, I think that you have to live in the moment, and that moment can be that happy moment. It doesn't mean that, you know, 10 years from now, you can't hope for something better, but you have to find that gratitude and you have to find that happiness in the moment. Yes, because happiness is not a futuristic thing. It is not something that you can go, oh, once I do this, then I'll be happy. Right, because other people aren't going to control your happiness. I, I think that other people can help you be happy in the moment. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to bring the happiness to the moment. Right. But, and but happiness is much more fun when people around you make you happy. Sure. You know? I mean, and I do but, believe that people, I, I've even been there. Well, you know, once I get this completed, then I'll be happy. Once right. I obtain this, then I'll be happy. Well, it was. <laughs> that, that, that then never comes. That then never comes. Right. It's exactly. Absolute... Especially when we're talking about money, because money is a money, big one yeah. on that. Money is a big one on that. That if I just had this or I just had that. That and... or whatever that is. Right. And when I think even using the analogy, you don't eat the elephant all at once. If right. hopelessness is the elephant, yeah. then gratitude is eating it one bite at a time. Exactly. 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 Very well. Yeah. Very... That's great. <laughs> Sometimes you just come up with these woo things that I just love. And that's, that's what, that's great. We're going to use that again. I'm sure. <laughs> that's what I've gotten out of three weeks of thinking about this topic anyway is that i don't think that it can occupy the same space so even if you have to fake it till you make it 
even if you have to force yourself to find those things that you're grateful for, because I mean, some people's lives are really hard. I yes. mean, we're not, we're not saying that some people's lives aren't hard. Right. And we're not saying sometimes in our lives that it is not overwhelming and that, and that you shouldn't sit down in the dark and cry for a minute because most definitely everyone has those moments. Mm-hmm. You just can't stay there. Right. Right. And you ha- as you said, you have to eat it one elephant, the elephant one bite at a time. And in doing that, focus on what you're grateful for at that moment. Right. Everybody has something. Everybody has something. And I think that that's one thing that people don't really understand that snowball effect. Because what ends up happening is when you're in that place of hopelessness, then you end up going to your job the next day. And being angry, then that right. goes over yeah, into something else, and that goes into something else, and that, and the next thing you know, it's this enormous avalanche coming down. So, it's it's just the small things, right? And the job, being unhappy in your job, it can cause a lot of problems, a lot of problems at work, um, and then you take that home. As much as you don't necessarily want to, right? You certainly do. You can't. You Absolutely. just can't. Most people can't just shut off that emotion and. You know, I guess some people can. Um, and I think that I don't that's know many, great. <laughs> I don't know many people who can do that. I, I know I, I can't do that. I can't just have an emotion at work and then all of a sudden I drive home and, oh, I'm a different person at home. It just doesn't work that way. And man, wouldn't that be great? If oh, wouldn't could. it? But I, you spend more time at work than you do at home. Much you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean. So if it is that, let's just say your job, and we're going to use that little example, mm-hmm. and your hopelessness because I've been there. I've had a job that where oh, we I thought, both had jobs yeah. that we hated exactly and hated. Right. I, I it, you know we're seriously and there's going to be people that are listening to this that know exactly the way that I feel oh. when you're driving to work and you hope that you get in a car wreck just so <laughs> you don't have to show up. I can't say everyone with that. Oh, part, I, I yes, I've been there, and then it's all about taking those small stretch targets. That's okay. right. What do you want to do? What are you good at? Right. What, what can you make a living at? Exactly. And and. Moving the dial 10% at a time. You know, I spent 13 years at Chrysler, and I hated every day of it, every day. But it took me that long to go to school and get my degree. Opportunities started to open for me. Mm-hmm. and But that is what I needed to do to get out, and it took me 13 years to do that. But it's not going to be instantaneous. Right. Right, you can't, I, I want a different job, and it's going to be overnight. You know, it One took bite me, at a time. That's right, it took me a long time, and, uh, and there were still hopeless days in there that I absolutely hated what I was doing, but I at least had something, there was, I was doing something right. to get out of it. To so get to do it. something... To move in a direction. And if you don't know, ask somebody. Ask somebody yes. what that is. How, what do I need to do to move up? What do I need to do to move out? How do I get a job doing this? Or I can't make a living doing what I love to do. And and I would I would say that's not true. I think people making, especially in the United States of America and the capitalist society we live in, people can make a living doing anything. Yes. You just don't know how to do it. Maybe it's not in the same context. You know, you want to do X. Well, maybe you need to teach X. Right. So you know, I think then you can make a living right. at that, you know. And sometimes you may have to give that talent away in order to be profitable down the road. Sure. One of the things sure. I've heard people talk about, well, I can't make a living at this. Well, have you tried doing it for free? Well, no. Why would I do that for free? Because that's your giving back. Right. That's your your 
Well, and maybe that's the point to your happiness, right? If you, even if you're miserable at work, but you love to play in a band and you go play in a band on Friday nights, that, that couple of hours on Friday night and a few hours during the week of practicing may just get you to where you don't hate your job quite as much. Exactly. Well, do you have any final thoughts for us today here, Kristen? Well, you know, when we started talking about this topic, again, it seemed a bit overwhelming. Uh, it was kind of like the failure show that came with a lot of pressure because it's so subjective, but it's so important to living a life on purpose, right? Um, and to be completely honest, I think it touched a nerve that I wasn't expecting. And asking this question, you know, I asked to a lot of people, and one person said this to me, and it stuck. She said, hope means that our past need not limit our future. And I thought a lot about that. And I thought, you know, riding out the storm while you're still seeing the light of hope is really hard, right? It's easy to be hopeful and happy when everything is going your way. But it's hard when the weight of the world's on your shoulders. Hope is really about who you are and what do you really believe. And many times the challenge is staying in what you believe, even when the world around you is giving you every reason not to believe it. You know, hope is a choice. And sometimes we just have to do the unnatural until it becomes second nature and close our eyes and ride that rapid till it passes. But sometimes feeling hopeless, you know, can make everything feel impossible. We just have to remember that going from impossible to possible only takes believing and that that belief can create a present moment that a moment ago seemed impossible. Well said. So we're about out of time for this show. And again, this show was a topic that was requested. So we'd like to thank Susan and hope that we answered some of her questions and yours today and give you some things to ponder until our next show. We'll bring you some new ideas and how to live your life on purpose. Take a moment to look at our website, klstewartgroup.com, to get to know us a little bit better. While you're there, take a look at our upcoming show schedule. Check us out on Facebook. We have a link right there on our website. And give us a like. And don't forget to post what you would like to hear about. So until next week, live every day of your life on purpose. On purpose.